Oakland City Hope family. Let's do this before we go any further. I love the fact that we are one house with many rooms, so I want to welcome all the rooms together. I want to welcome Foley, Mobile, Baymanette, and I don't want to leave out our campuses at Fountain Correctional Facility, Holman Correctional Facility. I appreciate you guys so much. You're such an encouragement to me. Let's do this. All the rooms, all the campuses, let's put our hands together and welcome each other to church. Let's do that. Well, super. Well, I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here. If, uh, if I don't know you or if you don't know me, my name is Dale. I'm one of the executive pastors here at City Hope Church over missions and discipleship. And I cannot tell you how exciting it is to be able to share with you today. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I don't know what else to say. I don't have words. But, um, but I, I'm excited about it. So I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad to be here. And listen, so what we're doing, in case you, just in case you missed last week, we're taking summer at City Hope and we're going through our core values. We have seven of them here at City Hope Church. And what we like to look at them is not just core values, but family values. And, and really, we just need to adopt them. Pastor Trey did a great job kicking it off last week. And really, it's that foundational value of it's all about Jesus. So if, for some reason, if you missed that, Make a point this week, because like I said, that's that foundational value. The rest of these just really aren't going to work until we get that piece in place. So make a point this week to go back and watch that, listen to that, get that one. Because like I said, there's only seven. You missed one. You missed a lot. And, uh, and then we'll carry them on out throughout the summer. And, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to, these won't just be church values or the big church family values, but these will be our values personally, individually, and then our families, and then work it that way. And that's really what we want to do. Because if we can unify under a set of godly values, there's really nothing God can't do through City Hope Church. So I get to unpack and uncover one of our values, but before I do, I simply want to ask you a couple questions, and this is the part I want you to participate. I want to see your hands at all the campuses. I want to, I want, if, if that's you, I want you to let me know. And my question is this, have you ever received the perfect gift? And, and by that, what I mean is, I know that different ages, there's different seasons in life, and I'm not saying it's got to be the most expensive gift. I'm saying the perfect gift, like wherever you were in life, you're like, man, this is the thing I want or I need more than anything else. And you had somebody around you that was so close to you, they knew that you wanted that. And not only that, you had somebody near you that loved you so much and they're like, I'm going to make this happen for you. And you received the perfect gift. Have you ever received the perfect gift? Let me see your hands across all of our campuses. If that's your hands everywhere. That's what I thought. And you know what's amazing is I've been in that I've been in those shoes so many times. It's just like God is uh, people. God through people have just given me some incredible gifts and things of, and like I said, even going back to when I was a kid. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about something I wanted when I was 13 years old. It was a stereo. And, and back in these days, guys, now the smaller the better. Back when I was 13, it's the bigger the better. You know what I'm saying? You wanted those big old speakers and just blow the walls up. You know, that, that's what you wanted. And that's what, so this, it wasn't that big. The speakers were about this big. But, I, man, I wanted it so bad. And what, the reason I wanted it was for two reasons. One is on top it had this cool turntable with a little cover over it. You know what I'm talking about. It's old school. I know it. But what really just made me want this is it didn't have one cassette player on the front. This baby had two cassette players. It had dueling cassettes. And some of you are like, why? 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 Well, because if they played your song on the radio, you want to record that baby because you didn't have Pandora or Spotify. You know what I'm talking about, to just go grab whatever song you want to listen to at any point in time. You had to be ready. (laughs) 
So I've received the perfect gift more than one time. And kind of a side note, I was going to get creative. So I, I, well, first of all, I received it at Christmas and about two, three, I don't know, a few days before. I see this big box sitting next to the, next to the uh, Christmas tree. And uh, I'm thinking, that box is really too big for what I wanted. Surely, that, is that it? I don't know. So I did what any of you would do. I got a really sharp knife, you know, and I got down there and I cut that tape. It's like surgery, you know what I'm saying? That precision cut, because can, nobody can know that you're peeking at a gift. And then you ease the paper up and you ease it down. Some of you are right with me. You see exactly what I'm doing. And then you peek at the side of that box, and I was like, that's it. So I close that thing up, and I go get the perfect size, cut the perfect size tape so it goes right over it. Christmas Day, nobody knows the difference. I'm so excited. So I take this thing up to my room, and I, I've got this bedside table that I turn kind of at a corner, put it in the corner of my room, you know, because it's got to look good sitting on top of there. Put the speakers on the floor. I crank it. It's just not enough. I got, to speak, I got to get the speakers up where they punch me in the mouth, you know. I got to get them right here. And so I hang them up on the wall right above the stereo, hang them back up. The left one. This is how tragic it was. I remember it was the left speaker come off the wall, come down and hit the top of the stereo and cracked the plastic, a little smoky gray cover, you know, over your turntable. You know what I'm talking about? Just took a wedge out of it. So it was like the best day, the worst day. But anyway, I've received the perfect gift, and many of you have as well. Now let me turn this thing around. How many of you have been on the other side of this coin? How many of you have ever, have ever given the perfect gift? Like throughout your life, you were so close to someone. And you knew there was something they wanted so bad, whether it was a want or a need or whatever it was, but somehow they had shared it with you, or you had just watched them from afar, and you're like, man, that, that person really wants that gift. And, and not only did you know them well enough to know they wanted it, but you loved them enough to make it happen. And you either went and found it, made it, bought it, whatever you did, and you were able to give the perfect gift and kind of just back off, not for it, and, and stay close by, because not for the thank you. You weren't looking for that. All you wanted to do was see the excitement and the joy and the surprise on their face when they opened that gift. How many of you have ever given the perfect gift? Raise your hand. It's okay. Yeah. Many of us have. Most of us in this room have been on one side, uh, on both sides of that coin. And if I could survey every person at every campus right now and, and say, what brought you more joy? Was it receiving that gift? Because I'm telling you, I had some joy when I received that stereo, was it given that gift? And, and obviously I can't survey every one of you, but if I could, I have a feeling I could speak for you now and say, you found more joy in giving that gift and backing off and watching somebody receive that gift. And there's a reason, and it's kind of weird because that's not really our nature because we're, we're, you know, we're kind of selfish, you know, give me something. But, but the, reason, the reason you feel that way and the reason I feel that way is because it's biblical. It's, it's biblical. It's truth. It's the Word of God. The writer of Acts, he reminds us in Acts twenty thirty five. he said, Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, he said, It's more blessed to give than to receive. And this is one of our core values. This is one of the things that we value here at City Hope Church. And simply, generosity is active. Generosity is active. And this is the way we say it. We say we are contributors, not consumers. Living a generous life expands our worldview and motivates us to be like Jesus. And then finally, we say we are the church and we exist for the world. Now, I just want you to think about those three statements and just hear the focus of those statements. We are contributors. We're not consumers. We are the church. And we don't exist for the church. We exist 
for the world. It's, it's an outward focus. We want to have a, a broader world view. We want to be participators and not just ones that sit back and consume. And, and, and if you think about just the way that all those statements kind of lean, it's an outward focus things, thing. Most of you in this room would say, you know what? That's really the way we ought to live. That's really the, that's really the way we, we ought to do this thing. But my question I would have for you and the question I've had for myself in just these last few days preparing this and looking through this is, but Dale, is this the way you're living? Individually, is this the way you're living? Is this this the way you're leading your family? And honestly, I could say not all the time, not so much. And and just so we're all starting on the same playing field, I want to tell you this. Being generous simply means this, showing a readiness to give more than is strictly necessary or expected. I love that it didn't say gener- you know, being generous is the act of giving something. No, it says being generous is the act of, it's a readiness, it's being ready. It's a state of mind, it's a state of your heart, it's a way to live. And, and the picture I get when I think of readiness, I think of, uh, guys, you'll know what I'm talking about, and ladies, hopefully you will too, but when you're watching a, a baseball game, and the guy's out in the field, and, and between pitches, it, it's, it's like they don't even want to be there. I mean, they're, 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 they're moving their feet around, they're fixing the dirt, you know, making it all pretty and just kind of on their heels. But, it, but as soon as that pitcher gets ready to deliver that pitch, everything changes. Everyone on the field goes into a ready position and they're on their toes and they're ready for, because they have no idea what's going to take place. Where's the ball? They don't know, but they're ready to react. They're ready to move into position to make it happen. It's a readiness. There's a cool story in uh, 1 Kings 17 It's about a man his name's Elijah and he's a prophet. Okay, and uh, he tells this king He said this king of Israel. He said uh, there's gonna be a drought for a long time And there no rain's gonna fall until I say it's gonna fall And uh, and right behind that God says okay listen you need to go hide (laughs) And and I don't know it just it's funny to me because i'm thinking if I stood up here and said hey It's gonna be a drought for years no rain's going to fall until I say it's going to fall. Well, y'all all get together and you say, well, you're going to say that here in just a moment, Dale. We're going to make you say rain and make it rain. You know, but what this guy, what this guy did, he, God said, listen, you need to go hide because they're going to be looking for you. So God tells Elijah, he said, go to this place and I'm, I want you to uh, drink from a brook and I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to bring you food by ravens. And if you had not read the story, you need to. It's, per, it's short, sweet, and amazing. Uh, every morning, every evening, ravens came and brought him bread and brought him meat. It, it's, it's amazing. So he's drinking from this brook. Well, obviously, there's a drought. So before long, the brook dries up. So he doesn't have anything else to drink. So God, providing like he always does, he said, listen, now it's time to go to this other place. And there's a widow there, and she's going to give you food. She's going to give you a drink. Elijah obviously did what God told him to do, and he went to this city. And as soon as he got to the gate, the city gate, he saw a widow gathering sticks. He's like, that's who I'm looking for. So I want to pick that story up in verse 10. He called to her, and he asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may, have, I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. I only have a handful of flour in a jar. And a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and we may die. Now I'm going to pick this story up, but I want want you to go into this story with me for just a moment. Think about where she is. She's... Think about the state of mind she's in. She's literally preparing. She's, she's gathering sticks. She's going to build a fire. She's going to make a meal for her and her son, and it's over. And then she's just going to wait to die, wait to starve to death. 
And here comes this guy, and he says, hey, bring me something to eat. She's measured it out. She's calculated. She knows how much she has. I believe the day before that, she knew she had two meals for her and her son. I believe the day before that, she knew that she had three meals, and here she was at the last little bit. And now comes Elijah and says, hey, give me something to eat. But here's what you have to understand. Elijah was not just a man. He was a prophet, so he's the mouthpiece of God. God wasn't doing this to teach Elijah anything, I don't believe, because he had just fed him. He, he didn't need a faith increase. He, just, he was just fed by birds. <laughs> you know, His faith was jacked. He was doing this for the widow. And I think there was a pause there. It's like, how is she going to respond to this thing? Listen to what Elijah comes back at her after she says, it's all I got. I don't have enough. Elijah said to her, he said, don't be afraid. Go home, go home and do as you have said. But first, everybody say first. Make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then, everybody say then. Make something for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away. She did as Elijah told her. So there, were, there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken to Elijah. Listen, she, she was generous. Let me tell you what she did. She contributed before she consumed. She contributed before she consumed. And that's, I think that's a big deal because I think if you get those things in the wrong order, a lot of things happen. I think if she consumes first, my opinion, I think if she consumes first, there is nothing left for Elijah. And it would have been so easy. She's in her home. Let's just go ahead and eat. We've got it here. Then we'll take what's left over to Elijah. But she didn't do that. Because I think if she would have done that, she, they would have eaten it all. I think it w- there wouldn't have been any extra. The second thing I believe, if she would have consumed before she contributed, I, I think this would have been her and her son's last meal. It would not have continued like it did. And I don't think we would be reading this story. I don't think this would be speaking to us now. She lived according to a kingdom principle that really goes against most things that we believe. And it's this principle. You will never run out of what you're willing to give away. And, and I, I, I know, when, when, I, when I was typing this down, I felt the same thing you feel right now. You're like, what? That makes absolutely no sense at all. But that's, that's kingdom principles. That's how it works. The thing is, earthly principle says, no, that, that's not at all how it works. The thing is, guys, we can live in an earthly kingdom and in a heavenly kingdom at the same time. It's possible. She was able to do it. You will never run out of what you're willing to give away. We were never called to hold the things that God gives us with closed hands. It's an open-handed life. That's generosity. That's what it looks like. It's open-handed from God, open-handed to others. It's to keep the thing going. Another word for generous is literally open-handed. A way to live, open-handed. And it goes against everything that we believe because we say things like, you better hold on to it or you're going to lose it. You better hide it or somebody's going to steal it. But if you live according to this principle, you know what? If I give it away, I can't lose it because I gave it away. If I give it away, you can't take it from me because I've given it to you. Now, what I understand is that this is challenging your thinking 
in a large way. I, I get that. There, there are some messages that are encouraging, they're reminders, they're all that, and there's some where you just unveil a truth, and it goes against, every, it goes against the way you've been living for years and years and years. And I just want to ask you to keep your heart open, because the reason I know it's challenging you, because it challenged me when I was preparing this. I was like, am I living this way? More importantly, do I believe this way? I love what Paul says to the church in 2 Corinthians 8, 7. He's talking to the church, and the church is obviously killing it. I mean, they're doing a great job. Listen to what he says. He says, but since you excel in everything. And then he starts listing some of the things they're doing so great at. He said, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. And I don't think he said, listen, you're doing great in all this, but man, you stink at giving. I don't think he's saying that at all. I think he said, listen, you're excelling in everything. Let's add giving to it. Let's make sure this thing is world, uh, is, is, is well-rounded. And I think he's coming in and saying, let's excel in this grace of giving. And that's really what I want to unpack a little bit of, of how to excel in that grace of giving. Because the truth is, we're never more like God than when we give. That's what he is. That's what he does. He gives to you, and then he gives to you, and then he gives again. When we were yet sinners, the Bible says Christ gave. He died. God gave him to us. That's, that's what we want to be like. So if, if our goal is to be, if we're Christ followers, then our goal should be to more, be more like him. And he's a giver. So I know what you're, if you're not thinking this, you will in a moment. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and just put it out there. You're probably thinking, all right, Dale, you're setting us up right here. What, what do you want us to give? And that's a fair question. And I know you're probably thinking about stuff right now and, and things and material possessions, but if you will, just, just do me a favor. Don't, don't, try to, don't try to understand it and don't try to dissect it yet. And you can take stuff, material possessions, just push all that out of the way. Don't even let that cloud your mind right now. I'm not even talking about that. So I'm going to answer your question, which is, Dale, what do you expect us to give? I'm going to answer that with a question. And don't answer the question because I'm going to answer the question I ask you in just a minute. All right? What do you expect us to give? Well, my question to you is, what has God given you? What has he given you? And, and, and right here, when I was preparing this, I was like, I, I stopped. I got, I got up from writing, and I was like, all right, God, what, let me do this exercise. Dale, what has God given you? And man, it just started coming to me and one thing he's given me is hope let me tell you for years I, I, have, I had something inside of me that was empty and I needed hope I was a hopeless man and I tried everything everything to fill that void of hope and nothing did it but when I started a relationship with Christ when I allowed him to come in he just, he just started depositing hope for so long, it was just like, what, what is God to you? He's my hope. He's all I got. And I'm going to tell you, with hope, I can do just about anything. Another thing he deposited in me, he gave me, was forgiveness. And, and this isn't like the forgiveness that we give people, like, you got to earn it type forgiveness. No, he, he just gave me forgiveness. He didn't say, you know, Dale, what you did really wasn't all that bad. What you did was really, it was okay, and I'm going to forgive you. He didn't say that at all. He said, basically, what you did was horrible, what you haven't done, but you know what? You don't deserve it. You don't earn it, but I'm going to forgive you. And I'm not even going to remember it anymore. You know, and, th and these things are just coming this fast. And the list could go on and on. Love, no offense to anybody in this room. I, I, I feel your love. 
on a, on, a, on a daily or weekly basis, but he gave me a love none of you can give me. He gave me an unconditional love, a love with no conditions. There's nothing I can do to make him love me anymore. There's nothing I can do to make him love me any less. He just loves me. He just loves me. That's another thing. And then I was, I was, I was thinking through it again. These things are just going off like popcorn grace. Undeserved favor. Unearned favor. And I, it, is, it is crazy. You know, we talk about amazing grace. It is amazing the favor that I walk in. And I'm like, God, I don't deserve that. And there's a little voice in, in the back of my mind says, you're right, man, you don't deserve it. But I'm going to give it to you anyway because I love you with an unconditional love and I want to see the best in you. And so that's what, that's what he gives me. Can I just pause for a minute? I got two more. Can I pause? Listen, it, if you're a Christ follower in this room, he's given you every one of these. Every one of these and so many more. And there's going to be some I'm going to leave out. And you're going to be like, Dale, you left. I'm leaving so much out. And if you're in this room and you haven't accepted his gift, let me tell you what he does. You, you're like, man, I, I need that stuff. I need that. Let me tell you. He offers it to you today. It's right there. I'm going to give you an opportunity here in just a little bit to receive that. But, man, you don't have to be, you don't have to be all worked up over it. It's, it's coming in just a minute. Another thing was identity. I had no idea who I was. And let me tell you, you, you don't know who you are till you hear who God says that you are. And you can start walking in purpose in that. Speaking of purpose... Mm, purpose. I felt like I was wandering out there looking for purpose. Why am I here? And I'm going to tell you, this hits a passion point for me personally. I love to see people walk in purpose. And, and I want to see you walk because it, it just, it, things just start happening so much faster. You, you get more fulfillment than you've ever found in your life when you can start walking in your God-given purpose. And I love to see people find it. And, you know, the, the only thing that's better than seeing people find it is when they find it young. And they just start sprinting in that thing that God has for them. So it's not like a destination. It's like every day, it's like every step he orders and you're just walking in that purpose, even as a young person all the way up. And again, this is, a sh this is the short list. And you notice there's no material possessions there. Like I say, forget about that for now. These are just things that God has given me. And what I have to understand is God has given them to me. And God has given them to you. Here's what you got to understand. This is what's going to kind of challenge. They're gifts. You didn't earn them. I didn't earn them. I didn't deserve them. I don't deserve them. Now, there's been times in my life where I had this thing kind of warped and my thinking was, was off, and I tried to earn this. You, you can't earn this. And God just reminded me, Dale, you're, you're working for something that you can't earn. You just need to receive it. So we got to see it as gifts. Listen to what James said in James 1.17. He said, everything good, all these things are good, right? Everything good comes from God. Every perfect gift comes from him he's freely given them to us now let me ask you this what do you think he wants us to do with that jesus tells us matthew 10 8 simple freely we've received freely give we make this thing so hard he said freely you've received just freely give it away I love the way the message says it. Same, same scripture. He says, you've been treated generously, so live generously. Why is it so hard? I'm asking myself, why is it so hard? He just said, hey, you've been treated generously. Live generously. He's saying, give it away. Everything I've given you, give it away. 
That's the purpose. That's what I have for it. If I'm giving you something, is what God's saying. If I'm giving you something, don't close your arm around it. Don't, don't build a bigger barn. Don't get a bucket and bag out. Man, if I give you something, just hold it with open hands and turn around and give it away. See that picture. Think about, think about the question I asked you earlier. Have you ever given the perfect gift? Have you ever received the perfect gift? Just think of living a life of receiving the perfect gift, that thing that you needed more than anything else that day, and to be able to give it at the same moment, and just a lifestyle of that kind of joy. That's the way God created it. We work too hard to try to hold these things. He's saying, simply do for others what I've done for you. You don't have, a pro- you don't have to build a process. Just do for others what I've done for you. I've freely given it. He just wants us really to be a channel. You know, really, this thing, is, is, it's about you, but it's not about I, I realize, I don't know when it was. I realize one day it's about me, but it's really not about me. He's like, okay, good. You're on my team. Dale, way to go. All right, here's a bunch of blessings. Now just give them away. Just, just keep moving. Keep marching. Keep going. And it's just a channel. It's a conduit, if you will. I, and, and, and a picture I get is like a culvert under a road that allows water to flow through it. You know, you stop that thing up and you've got a problem. Years ago, we were building our house and out by the road, where I was going to put a driveway, there's a, there's a ditch. You come off the road and you go through a ditch and then into the, onto the lot. And so as we started getting ready to build, they said, now you can't just go dump a pile of dirt right there. You'll stop. There's a purpose for that ditch. It's, it's to allow water to come through there. And so if you're going to put a drive there, uh, let, let us see how much water comes through there and we'll tell you how big that pipe needs to be. And so the county, I, I called them up, and they come out, and they looked at it, and they said, all right, for what you have here, you need, a, you need about a 24-inch pipe, and it needs to be about that long. And what will happen is when it rains, that water will come up, and it will keep going. It won't back up you know, on our lot. It won't back up onto the road. So we did that, and it worked perfectly. And then one night I drove home, and about the time I was getting home, I realized there was, there was water backing up, and it was coming over the road right before I got to my house. And I looked up my yard, and it was, it was pushing its way up toward our, our sidewalk, up toward the house. I'm like, man, it's just, it's just bucket dumping. And I don't, I don't know what to do about it. So I, I pull up, trying to figure out what's going on. As soon as I pull in my driveway, I'm right there at the ditch. And I just look right out the window. And I realize a lot of debris, a lot of uh, leaves and limbs and stuff got pushed up against the head of that culvert. Uh, against the head of that pipe. And, and no water could get in. So it was just backing up. So this thing that's supposed to be rain, supposed to be a blessing. Now it's, it's about to cause some damage. Because I look out the other side of the pipe. No, no water's going through there at all. So I pull up, you know, and it's lightning, it's thunder. I get out, I get a rake. I completely risk my life for my family that night. <laughs> Y'all are so serious. <laughs> it was bad, though. I could have died. It was popping and... Okay. I could go, I could tell you a story, but I'm not going to do it. I don't have time. So I move all of that. I take that rake and just rake everything out. And literally in seconds, in 30 seconds, I've got everything moved out of the way and that water's rushing through and now the water's starting to go down. You see the picture? That's, that's what God wants. For some reason, we get this thing that we've got to build bigger barns. We've got to get bigger pockets. We've got, we got to keep all this stuff. And God's saying, listen, it's really not even about that. <laughs> I just need you to be that culprit. I just need you to be a channel. I just need you to be that channel to reach other people. And, you know, we sit in here today, and, and most of you, some of you might be a little bit, some of, a lot of you are probably saying, you know, I, I kind of want to do this. Why, why, why is this so difficult? And honestly, there's really three things that I think keep us from living a life of generosity. And the first one is simply we're just unaware. 
We don't know we're supposed to give it away. We, we don't know how this works. We live in a, on an earth, man, where, it's, again, it's all about me. I just got to get mine. I've got to, you know, it's, it's really, I got to make sure I take care of me because you're not going to, so I got to get mine. And so we just really don't know we're supposed to live that way. It's kind of our, our nature. But you got to understand that nature, that's our earthly nature. That came after the fall. Your God-given nature is to be generous. Your God-given nature, God created us in his image, and he's a giver. He gives, and, and that's, that's the image. So when we start that relationship with him, we've got to, get, we've got to transition all the way back to the, how did God create me? Not how did this earth fashion me. How did, how did God create me? And he created me, and he created you to be givers, to be generous. And here's the thing. When, if, if you ever attempt to find his purpose for your life, I, don't, I have no idea what it is, but I can guarantee you that he'll have something to do with people and be in a channel to channel his blessings to other people. That's what it's all about. It's going to have something to do with people. Whatever you do and whoever you are, it's going to have something to do with people. So many times we're just unaware, and hopefully some of this scripture, hopefully this has opened your eyes saying, you know what? Now I know. So we can just remove that one out of the way, hopefully. The second one is, is simply fear. Like that widow, I think she had a moment of fear. I can't give, give you what you're asking for. I only have enough for me. I can't give away what I have. I only have enough. And it's this fear that, that God's not going to give anymore. God's not going to provide anymore. So it's this moment of fear, and we really struggle with this when it comes to material possession. We're like, this is all I got. I can't, can't give it to you. can't bless you with it because it's all I got. But listen, the, the recipe to get rid of fear is not to increase your faith. Even though we need to do that, and every day, hopefully, you take some time. The, the, the Bible says that when we hear the Word of God, it's listening to that Word of God that increases our faith, and faith comes by hearing, hearing about the Word of God. So when you sync up, yeah, our faith's going to be increased, and we need that, but that's not the recipe to get rid of this fear, to get rid of fear. Uh, the Bible says love is the thing that, that casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So, Dale, how does that work? If I realize that God really loves me, like, not like you love me, like he loves me. A love with no conditions. Here's what I know. If I, if I really catch a glimpse, a revelation of his love for me, here's what I know. He'll never let me run out of what I'm willing to give away. You see what I'm saying? So I trust him enough to know that not only has he provided, but he will provide. Today, tomorrow, and the next day. He doesn't just provide, he's my provider. You see what I mean? So I don't have to live in that fear because I can love him. I can know that he loves me, and he's going to take care of that. The third and the final thing is pride. And I know a lot of us say, well, God's taking my pride. I don't have a problem with that anymore. And, and when, before I started working on this, I was like, mine too. But then I was like, okay, maybe not. Maybe there's a little residue of that pride still there. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had this thought? God, I know you've forgiven me, but I'm not forgiving that person again. I've forgiven them five, six, seven times now, and they keep doing the same thing, and I'm not going to forgive them this time. They don't deserve it. God, I, I appreciate you loving me with an unconditional love, but I'm, I'm, I, there's no way in the world for what that person did to me, there's no way I can love them. I know you love me, but there's no way that I can love them. And if you've had those kind of thoughts or if you've said those things, there, there's some pride there. And the reason is because you're saying, I, I, I know, they, don't, they don't deserve it, but I deserve it. They're not, they haven't earned my forgiveness. They haven't earned that mercy, but I've earned it. 
When we say, hey, we're going to freely take something, but we're going to hold it and not give it away, there's some pride in that pointing back to, hey, I earned this, I deserve this, and I'm not going to give it away. There's, there's a little bit of pride in that. And let me tell you, when you think you've earned something, you will always struggle to give away anything you think you've earned. Always. That's, that's why we struggle with, with the material possessions, because we earn those, so we think we earn them. And I'm not even asking you to give that. Here's what I want you to do. Is I want God to check your heart. Just change your heart today. Because we'll always get hung up on the things we've earned until we can just realize that every gift is from God. Every perfect gift is from God. So those are the three things, I believe, that keep us from living a generous life on a daily basis. So here's three things we have to know. If we're going to excel, like Paul said, that charge, if we're going to excel in the grace of giving, there's three things that we really need to know. The first one is, know it's your God-given nature to give. I've already said it. It's your God-given nature to give. He created you in His image. And he's a giver. It's your God-given nature to give. The second thing, know that God is not finished blessing you. It's not a one-time deal. He doesn't just, just back the dump truck up and dump it on you and then drive off never to come back. It's a constant flow. It's like that pipe. He's, he's never stopping. The only thing that slows him down is when there's no more room. I want to create room. And you create room by giving away. You create room by allowing it flow, to flow through you. The third thing is know that every gift is from God and it's a gift. You haven't earned it. I don't deserve it. It's a gift. And if, and if I can ever wrap my head around that, it is so easy, easy to give all of this away. And here's the deal. When, I can, when, I, when my heart can change and I can get to that place where I'm freely receiving and I'm freely giving, then everyone around me will become beneficiaries of all the things that God's blessed me with. I mean, it, 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 just, it just doesn't stop. It's not just at church. It's, not, it's, it's wherever you go and whoever you are. All these things will pour out on people. People will be attracted to you because of the things that are coming out of you. And they're not even yours. They're God-given blessings that are pouring out to you. Listen, when you start to live this way, this open-handed type of way, and your, your heart starts to change, we won't be able to keep you off of a serve team on the weekends. Honestly. We, we won't, you're going to be the person that's going to be saving the date for serve day three months out, not three days out. You'll be that weird person. You see what I'm saying? We've had people on our teams I've literally had to sit down with and say, listen, you're serving in seven or eight areas and it's not healthy. Let's pick two or three and let's, let's, let's get in that. You know why? Because they get this. They understand the concept of I just got to give. I just got to give. I've been forgiven much. I got to love much. I mean, they're just there. They know it every day. And so they're living it. And so we're having to pull the reins back. If I can get real practical, can I, can I talk to you for just a moment about some of the things we do, why we do some of the things we do, what we do here at City Hope Church as it relates to reaching out? We believe this is a way to live. And so we try to create opportunities for you to get in this place where you're not just receiving, but where you're also giving. We don't create serve days and barefoot Sunday. We don't create this stuff to put another thing on your calendar. God knows we don't need another thing on our calendar. We just need the right things on our calendar. You see what I mean? In a couple of weeks, serve day. And you, you know what it's about. Most of you, we're going to go out. We partner with hundreds of churches across the country, many outside the country as well. And we're going to go serve our communities. And our, we've got phenomenal campus pastors, and they're, they're out there with uh, outreach directors, and they're finding these uh, projects or these opportunities. And that's great. And then you, you, you get to sign up for one and show up and, and serve. What about this? What if you, what if your eyes were out there? What if all of our eyes were out in our community and it wasn't, you know, 40 or 50 sets of eyes or 60? What if it was 4,000 sets of eyes out there? And sir, what if your neighbor two doors down, if, 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 
if she's a widow and her husband's you know, passed and, and you see the grass growing and you knocked on her door and said, ma'am, we've got a serve day coming up. Would you mind if I come and cut your grass and weed eat it? And if it's more blessed to give than receive, can you just see the picture on her face? Can you see the tears running down her cheeks? And it's all because of just something as simple as an hour and a half of cutting grass. And obviously she says yes. And you go back, you put that project online and say, hey, I need three people and a weed eater and a blower. And, and boom, they show up. And, and in an hour and a half, small commitment, but huge impact. Do you see what I'm saying? And to be able to see that, we want to empower you to do that. In a few weeks... We're going to do something called Stuff the Bus. And if you've been here, you've done it. We do it every year. We give you backpacks. And we say, hey, take $12, $10, go fill these up and bring them back. And then a week later, and you do that, and we'll fill up a 1,000 of them this year. And it's amazing. And for many of you, it's like, man, I did it, and that's great. But I, I want to give you an opportunity to do even more. The week after that, what we do is we, we partition those out, and we, we take them in bags of 30 or 50, and we take them to local schools. And we hand those to counselors and teachers Picture this. These are teachers and counselors that know students that don't even come to school the first week of school because they don't have enough money for supplies. That's who she's going to give them to. So picture the excitement on their face when they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. And, and you and your family can be a part of this. And I could go on and on down the list. We have mission trips we take overseas. I get to lead so many of them. It's a blessing. And we're going down there saying, man, we're going we're gonna to give. We're going to rock their world and within 24 hours we're boohooing because the blessing is coming back at us faster than we can pour it out we don't do this because it's something else to do we do it because we believe in it we believe it's a value and i hope that you'll get behind this value and take it internally individually start walking in this and then again start leading your family in it i want to do one more thing but before i do i just want to pray for you and i want to, what i'm going to pray is that god will increase our passion to be not only receivers of everything he blesses us with, but givers as well. So I'm going I'm to pray for you, and then we'll do one more thing. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the power of your word and the truth of your word. And God, you, just going, thinking through this list, God, you, you constantly pour out incredible blessings on us each and every day. And I just pray that you'll help us to see these things as that. See them as gifts. Not see them as anything we've earned, anything that we've deserved. We'll literally see these as gifts that you've given us. And God, when we can see them, when we have that heart change and that mind change, we realize these are actual gifts and they were freely given. Then they're gifts and we, we, we can freely give them away. And trust that you'll, never, you'll always be there. You'll provide for us according to your riches and glory. So God, stir our hearts, change our hearts. And God, I pray this isn't even a process. I pray that we'll literally walk out of our rooms different, ready to give away everything that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I tell you something that I know, and you know it as well, you can't give away anything that you don't have. And a few moments ago when I was listing all those incredible things that God's given me and he's given many of you, that love and that, that forgiveness and that acceptance and that hope, there are some of you in this room and in the, our other campuses, there are some of you who are sitting there and everything in your heart was turning, you're like, I need identity, but I, I need to be forgiven. And you related when I said I was living a hopeless life and God gave me hope and you're like, I'm living that hopeless life now. What I said earlier is true. God's right there. He's, he's extending his hands to you right now. So I want you to do me a favor across all of our rooms. If you will, close your eyes, bow your heads. And if that's you, if you're at the place and you're, you would say, Dale, I, I need that.
I haven't opened my heart to these things. I haven't opened my heart to a relationship with Christ, and I need it so bad, and I want it today. I want to make a decision today to follow Christ. If that's you, I want to ask you to raise your hand. Just be bold. Raise it up high in this room, all of our campuses. I see that hand. I see those hands. Anyone else? Hold them up. I'm going to pray for you. You can put your hands down. God, you see every hand that was in this room and every hand that's on all of our campuses. And God, by simply raising their hand, they said they want that relationship. And God, you, you freely give great gifts. You freely give the gift of salvation. There's nothing else they need to do to earn it. They were just raising their hand, acknowledging not only did they need it, but they want it. So I pray right now in Jesus' name, you would start to deposit all these things we've talked about and so many more. Just deposit yourself in them. Let them know that you're with them today. And I pray that you will help them to make one more step. Help them to make that step after this service when they've given the opportunity to tell somebody and to pray with somebody. Because God, you know, you've given us this great place, this great space and great opportunity to walk with people through these journeys as they pursue you, as they walk with you. And we want nothing more than to be a part of that journey. And there's no way it happens unless we do it together. We need each other. We need community just like we need you. So I pray that you will not only continue to download and deposit all those incredible things, God, but you'll start, you'll, you'll just give them boldness and courage to make that next step and tell somebody so that we can walk this out with them. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together and just celebrate those hands? God bless you.